Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour. I am your host, Christopher Anderson. And this episode today is about marketing, kind of. As you'll recall, the main triangle that a law firm has to pay attention to in order to have a successful business includes acquiring new clients, which we call acquisition, producing the results that you promised, which we call production, and achieving the business and professional results for you, the owners. That's really the sole reason for doing it. Today, we're going to be talking about, in a sense, pre-marketing in a way, what you must get clear before you go to market, and then some ideas about how to take that to market. Our title today is Getting on Brand, and I am super excited to have my guest today, Gerald Mottman. He's a partner with Safarth Shaw, and in his bio, um, he's been practicing law for over nearly four decades, I should say. He's defended some of the most significant bet the company cases ever filed against corporate America. He represents companies, executive teams, and boards across the country in class action litigation from tens of thousands of claims by employees. And as such, he has been seen virtually every litigation challenge conceivable. And he approaches each case, and this is really key to what we're going to be talking about, by owning the problem and viewing it from the client's perspective. That's what we need to be doing with the marketing too, is the marketing has, is not from the law firm's perspective. It's from your prospective client's perspective. And by understanding and prioritizing his client's objectives and goals, Jerry's able to solve exceptionally complex legal issues in an efficient and capable manner. Jerry's come to talk with us today about brand development, client relationship building, and maintaining a public presence as a legal professional. His partnership is he's a partner in the Labor and Employment Department. He co-chairs the firm's class action defense group, and he's the author of Annual Workplace Class Action Litigation Report. But today, we're not going to be talking about all that stuff. We're going to be talking about how Jerry gets himself in front of his prospects and how he creates the persona that attracts them to his business. So, Jerry, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Chris. Very happy to be here. Really excited to have you here. So let's just go to the first kind of introductory question, which is, well, first of all, let's go to even before the introductory question is like, how did I mangle your intro? What, uh, what else should the listeners know about you that'd be kind of interesting for them to know in context of why this topic is important to you? It's near and dear to my heart. I wake up every morning thinking about where is the next case coming from, the next project? How can I be equipped to solve that problem for a client? And how can I satisfy that client and make them a return visitor and asking for more uh, services from me, my colleagues, and my law firm? Cool. The you know When did you really start thinking about it that way? Because I think Look, certainly law school does zero to nothing to prepare you to think sure. about approaching marketing and developing a business strategy for your firm. So what point in your career did you really start to undertake developing business strategy and thinking about marketing as a, as a strategy to build your career and build your practice? I think it happened when I was a baby lawyer, one or two years out of law school. And of course, that was before the age of the internet and things were very different back then. But some of the fundamentals that I focused on, I use on a daily basis. Things I've been thinking about for near four decades, 
that are time-tested fundamentals that work. And the very first kind of mantra that focused my thinking was the best way in which to develop business is to do a great job on the case of the project you have. And so what I did is I set out to become the best lawyer I could possibly be in terms of problem solving for clients on the theory that if you do a great job on the first assignment, more likely than not, you're going to get the second assignment. The next principle I learned is that relationships are golden and that relationships and good things flow from those relationships and investing in those relationships has a lot to do with success in marketing and business development. So I'm very proud of the fact that some of my clients have been clients for over 30 years. And it's a little bit like a garden that if you water it, tend to it, invest in it, exercise sweat equity, that's going to come back tenfold to help you out. And so the last thing that I learned as a baby lawyer is that business development is not about luck. Business development is about the long game and investing in business development and investing in yourself on a daily basis, like building blocks that you build a house and over time, all those bricks add up to a very solid structure. And so I went about my career with business development with those principles in mind. Cool. Let me let me take those one at a time because I think that each one is important and there's dangers to them too. Because if, if you take some of what you said and do it alone, it doesn't have the same effect. So like the first one, you said, be the best lawyer you can be. Like I know personally, I'm sure you do too, some really, really great minds, people who can really take apart a case, understand it, try the hell out of it. And yet they're wallowing along sort of where they've been for a long, long time and never really breaking out into a business that brings them what they really wanted to get out of practicing law as far as you know, professional success. It's it sort of to me is the the build a better mousetrap and they will come, the world will beat a pathway to your door mentality. And it's not enough. Um, so can you just speak to that a little bit? Like just being a great lawyer falls flat. Why is that? Well, I think that it's how you define it and how you look at it. And when I think of being the best lawyer I can possibly be, it's as an instrument of the client's desire. And all clients have different desires. Is it to solve the project, the lawsuit in the quickest amount of time possible? Is it to do so in a manner that aligns with their business strategy or mission? Is it to bring it in under budget or does the budget not even matter? And so different things for different people, but success is defined by handling a matter and being a lawyer that the client needs, wants, embraces, and as a result concludes that this is a trusted advisor that I need on my call list to go back to. And then using that and what you had referred to earlier about building your brand to letting the universe know about your prowess as a problem solver, your success in handling matters for clients in a manner that aligned with their expectations or exceeded their expectations, and then building that brand in a manner that others know about it. And obviously building a brand was a different animal before the internet than it is today in the lightning fast world in which we live and the connected world in which we live. 
And so I took that to the next level in terms of my personal practice to build that brand such that if someone typed my name into Google search, I wanted to control what popped up, the messages that I was sending to the world, to the purchasers of legal services, what my brand stood for and what my brand was all about so that they would understand very easily that that brand equals excellence. It equals problem solving. It equals ability and experience in having one's hand on the steering wheel of those problems, solving them for other clients, and in essence, creating a system whereby more and more clients were seeking me out. So it wasn't just building a better mousetrap. It was convincing and instilling confidence in purchasers of legal services that the mousetrap I was able to build was the mousetrap that they should buy. Right. And and it would sound like, I think this is going to segue right into that second point, but it sounds like the mousetrap that you built actually is being able to listen and understand their your clients' priorities and not be the lawyer who's got you know has got the proverbial hammer and is just walking around looking for nails but what really what i heard in that recitation was that it's relationships right from the beginning yeah being a better lawyer but the way you were a better lawyer was to actually ask the questions get the answers and embed yourself learn these people's businesses these clients businesses so that you could take that understanding which you could only get from building a relationship. And so that's, that's, I think, brings us to the second one. And so, you know, it's, to me, this is fun because you mentioned like you brought it into, you, they, there used to be one way and then you brought it to the interwebs uh, again and, you know, where it was, things changed. But at the end of the day, the medium changed, but it sounds to me like what you're saying is the reality of it, of actually learning, talking, listening and then understanding your client's objectives, that never changed. Agreed. So how did the internet change it for you? All the core principles that activated how I served clients, how I sought them out, how I identified them, how I solved, solved those problems, those are blocking and tackling skills that have never changed. I think I've become a better lawyer with experience but the raw legal work in solving problems hasn't changed. The manner in which it's communicated, the manner in which it's packaged, the manner in which it's disseminated to the market changed when the internet was upon us. It's changed after COVID in terms of people being in their homes, not going to their office, not being available to receive a FedEx package at their place of work and being able to receive things electronically or in formats that work for them. So I'd like to say it's it's a brand that its core essence has never changed, but the manner in which it is disseminated, broadcast, conveyed, and communicated has become different over time. I'm talking with Gerald Mottman. He is the a partner at Safarth Shaw. He's already shared with us like two the, the three key things that he's done to build his being a great lawyer was one. Building relationships is the second one. And after this break, I'm going to ask Jerry about what you said about it's not luck, particularly about investing in yourself. But first, we'll hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll talk about that. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, 
hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C. And get $500 off with code HAPPY24. And welcome back. Uh, talking with Gerald Mottman, his partner with Safer Shaw, and we're talking about building your brand. So I wanted to move on to the third point that you made, which was you said it's not luck. So let me just first of all push back on that or push you on that. What do you mean by that? What do you mean it's not luck? Well, being in the right place at the right time and answering a phone call that just got routed to your phone by luck. I once answered a phone on a Saturday morning as a young lawyer. I happened to be one of the only lawyers. Uh, in the office, the client needed something filed on Monday. The client was from London, was reaching out and just dialing law firms in Chicago. I was lucky enough to get it. I filed the lawsuit, won it for him, and he's still a client today. That was luck. Another thing I did in 1990, when President Bush signed new legislation, somewhat revolutionary, Americans with Disabilities Act, I thought to myself, this is brand new. What are corporations, human resource directors, clients going to do when all of a sudden they have to uh, confront this law and comply with it? So I created a survival guide on the ADA, researched it, thought about it, created a little booklet, a survival guide, went and gave talks everywhere for about 120 days about the new law, met as many people as I could, got their business cards. It was right before the internet started and began Uh, collecting assignments to help them survive this brand new law than to handle the lawsuits where they got sued. That was hard work. That was, in essence, tending to the garden, creating an opportunity, looking around a corner, seeing what was coming down the pike, answering the questions before the client even knew what questions to ask and solving their problems in a very systematic way such that I could be that problem solver, be a subject matter expert, and be able to corner the market on the advice on this brand new statute. Yeah, and that's definitely not luck. I mean, that was that's a strategy that you use to become an authority on a new burgeoning area. Yeah, you mentioned it's also the long game and you've got to invest in yourself. What have you done? Let's start there. Like, what have you done to invest in yourself? And what would you recommend others do to invest in themselves? I think it's key, but I'd love to hear your perspective on it. There's a phrase, gimme, gimme, my name's Jimmy, of lawyers who appear on the doorstep of a client when they get sued or they need a project. That client, that company has never interacted with that lawyer before, but they are showing up with their hands out. My personal opinion is that's not a good way to market. Rather, I am invested in your industry. I've learned what makes your industry tick what the issues are in your industry. And I'm a longtime supporter of trying to provide services to your industry. And I'm happy to speak with you. Talk is cheap. Happy to do this for free. 
and I think that I could be a resource for you and help you. So I am always in the help mode, in the mode of trying to be the best possible resource I can for those people who one day might be purchasers of legal services. I'm the opposite of the person who says, my name's Jimmy, gimme, gimme. And so what I'm trying to do is demonstrate to them that I'm there for the long haul, I'm a known quantity, I'm a known quality, and that they could seek me out because I'm a leader in this particular area. I think that's a much better field of battle, so to speak, to market from, to develop business from, than to just chase your tail and go to the first lawsuit that's filed and show up on the doorstep of the client and say, I'd like to handle it for you. So what what specifically do you do to demonstrate that? I mean, how can, you know, other, other than saying it, but that's not really worth much. Like, what, what do you do? I'm a thought leader, or I've tried to become a thought leader in various substantive areas. And so I have distribution lists where things that may be of interest to a client that might help them run their businesses even better than I am a giver, not a taker. And I send that to them with no expectation of anything in return, but simply to be a helpful resource. And they obviously see if the Wall Street Journal, if Forbes, if legal publications are quoting me, seeking me out, Gerald Mantman speaks on ABC on an issue, and they know I'm a thought leader, and I'm branding that, I am maximizing the chance that they're going to view me as someone over the long run that I am an authoritative source that they'd be better off hitching their star to because I know what I'm doing and I can solve a problem pretty efficiently, pretty effectively with them because I've already thought about their problem and I don't have to reinvent the wheel for them. Any lessons you've learned along the way where that hasn't gone well for you or lessons that you've learned that have changed the way that you've done this? Sure. So young lawyers, you know, in our world of I want immediate gratification, I gave a speech, I want a lawyer to, or I want a client tomorrow, I want to bill it the next day is uh, that in Cooperstown, there's the Baseball Hall of Fame and people who are 300 hitters, three out of 10 times when they swing, become all stars that go in the Hall of Fame. If you want to be in the Hall of Fame of business developers, ratchet it even down to 100, one out of 10. And that um, you have to to be persistent, you have to keep trying, you can't give up, and that you have to embrace the word no, because some people are going to say no. But if you keep at it and you maximize your exposure and the opportunities, that work is going to come and you just have to be patient. And so that's why I say to them that it's persistent, it's a long-term investment in yourself, and be patient because it does take time. Thank you, Jerry. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about brand, like really just what it is to build a brand and why it's so important uh, right after this word from our sponsors. Law Clerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with the project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. Find out how TimeSolve fits your firm. 
With six different ways to track time, surely one will fit, even on the go. Or quickly estimate flat fee projects. Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft, all just plug in. Try TimeSolve free. Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. TimeSolve.com. And we are back with Gerald Mottman, partner at SafeFarth Shaw. When we were we were talking about some of the key ingredients to marketing yourself and investing in yourself. And quite honestly, Jerry, it, it sounds to me like you're saying it's a lot of giving. And if you focus on the giving, on giving those talks, writing writing the, the articles, investing in knowing the industry, investing in knowing your your clients' businesses as, as well as they do, that that's the key, not going to them to try to get, but going to them to try to give, and then the business develops. Uh, is that a fair summary of what we've talked about so far? I think that's 50% of it. I think the other okay. 50% is branding and effective branding and defining your market and allowing the market to understand who you are and what you have to offer, which in my uh, sense is all about branding. Okay. Now that's a word I think that a lot of lawyers listening have heard and they think they kind of understand it. Like they go, oh, you know, Kellogg's is a brand and, uh, Cheerios is a brand. I'm on, on breakfast cereals. Don't know why, but uh, or Tesla is a brand. But like, what does that mean in a legal context? Like, how does a lawyer build a brand? It's about who are you and what do you stand for and what comes to mind from others when they think about you and what you do. So one example is going on the internet, typing your name into Google. And what pops up? And does that define you in a manner in which you hope or wish that the market looks at you? And so my persistent, diligent, focused business development and marketing is to create a a brand of excellence in handling what I do, which are the defense of high stakes class action litigation. And to create that brand and to effectuate who I am and what I do over the years, I've developed a blog and I have researched out and provided free thought leadership, not only to anyone who is willing to listen, but very important legal reporters at very important media sources. Mm-hmm. And when Twitter came along, I went onto Twitter. And so I have a a presence in the marketplace in terms of my thought leadership in how I defend companies, how I think about the problems that face them, solutions that I've come up with to put them uh, in a better place as a result of these legal actions. I've maximized my exposure on LinkedIn and Twitter, the repurposing of that thought leadership through speeches, publications, books, You had mentioned at the beginning of the show the workplace class action report that I uh, published and edit. It's now been cited in briefs to the United States Supreme Court, been cited by courts. It has a circulation of about 25,000. The way in which I uh, configured it, thought of it, conceived it was to fill a hole in the market where there was no competing publication. It's been known and talked about by various legal publications as the Bible 
in this space. And so all those things contribute to a brand of clients can only get what they need at one spot. And that's me and what I do. And it's through these marketing distribution channels that I don't have to pay for. LinkedIn, right. Twitter, free publicity in articles, in speeches that I give that are broadcast out there. And so over the years, I've you know done that exercise where I type my name in Google and the list of uh, hits gets longer and longer and sharper and sharper in defining who I am and what I'm trying to be and the success uh, that has followed in terms of all of those efforts. That wasn't an overnight thing. That was a huge investment of time and resources, but it's paid exponential dividends in helping me define who I am, what I am, and what I bring to the market as a lawyer. So I wake up every day super excited about the opportunities that are out there, about my ability to market, to go to market, to share my story. And it's a pretty uh, compelling story, I think. And evidence of that is the amount of clients who basically sign up and ask me to solve their problems. Yeah, that's the best evidence. As I listen to you explain that, and maybe maybe that is the same thing, but can you distinguish between what you've just talked about as brand and reputation? Is it the same thing or is it different? It is, I think, one side of the coin of one's reputation. I think it's a little more active or a little more not he's got a reputation as a great lawyer. It's he comes in, solves your problem, does it under budget because he's done it for other companies. He's had his hand on the steering wheel. If you hire him, you can turn to your board, turn to your CEO and say, in this particular instance, I heard someone who has 40 years of experience, who is a thought leader in this space, and who is one of the people that is on the short list that our competitors go to whenever they have one of these problems. And so that brand is a little bit broader than one's just reputation because they were the lawyer in XYZ case that studied in law school. Yeah. And the other thing is like, as you explained it, 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 it occurred to me that everybody's got a brand. It's just some people have intentionally created it and some people haven't. Right. Um, and, and like, it's something you have to kind of get control of and guide by doing active things. And again, listening to you by doing a lot of giving, is that, is that accurate? At least that worked for me. I'm, maybe I'm, it doesn't work for everyone, but I think that that difference between gimme, gimme, my name's Jimmy, and here I am to help you. People gravitate towards helpers uh, and those who are givers, and they want to find a way to pay back. And in the world in which we live, it just seemed that that has worked. That very fundamental view of the world has uh, worked very, very well. I imagine once you've got a brand and once you've achieved that level, you know, of putting your out yourself out there. So what, and like, it doesn't have to be your brand, right? There's not, you don't have to be, not everybody needs to now try to be Gerald Mountman, but I, I loved your description where you said it's, if you are Googling yourself and what you see is what you want the world to think about you. <laughs> and if it isn't, you need to do something about it. But then once you've done something, is there a challenge to maintaining that brand? Like, so you've built it, it's, you know, it's not, it's not one and done, right? Like what, what are some of the challenges of maintaining that brand? I, I think the main challenge is how do I stay relevant 
to the market and potential legal purchasers because I am informed of, thought about, and solve problems for new cutting edge issues, which are constantly evolving. And so COVID's a great example of the world flipped and changed and solving legal problems became more difficult and more crucial in the time of COVID, at least in the labor and employment space that I'm in, litigation became more difficult. And so the ability to even disseminate information, being able to do it in an electronic format that got through servers, that got to people's houses on laptops, the whole way to pivot and make oneself relevant and be thinking about terms in present day situations, I think is a exhibit one that everyone who wants to be a great business developer needs to do. I think that knowing what's going to occur next week, next month, next year, and looking around the corner and thinking about problems or issues or trends before they happen to your clients is very important. And so staying relevant and staying ahead of the game, I think, is key to success because resting on one's laurels, uh, the world's going to pass you by. That makes a lot of sense. You mentioned changes. So let me ask you this, you know, like broadening out from yourself now um, and the, some of the stuff that you've done, uh, what have you been noticing the way other firms are using branding and marketing? What's What's been changing over the past couple of few years, particularly with the pandemic, but also broader than that? Like what are, what are other firms doing that uh, our listeners might take something away from? Well, uh, what I see and what I see in terms of effective competition by other law firms is a deep bench of expertise. Instead of trying to be all things to all people, be really good at what you're good at and hone it and become even better at what you're good at to distinguish yourself in the market. Because for a client, hiring the best at whatever it is they need is going to be key and crucial And you need to be able to convince, show, demonstrate to the market that you're at the best of the best in terms of what it is you're all about. And when you go broad and I can do all things for all people at all times, no matter what the problem, that's when there are, I think, are problems and it's more easy to compete with someone because they don't have the track record of success or they're too too diffuse and a client will see through that right away because they realize that deep bench of expertise is um, not there. Right. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So as we come to the bottom of the show and getting ready to sign off, and it's just a little bit, the attorneys and law firms that are listening that are hearing this message, where should they look for guidance on how to really attack their business strategy, their brand strategy? I think they should look to themselves and invest in themselves and spend some quiet time on a Saturday all alone in a room without any windows, a pencil and a pad of paper, and just fundamentally sketch out, where am I now? Where do I want to be in six months? Where do I want to be in a year? Where do I want to be in five years? What's the gap between where I am now and where I want to get? And how do I get there? And think through it and come up with a plan to execute on in terms of Um, securing that sort of market share to building one's brand, to defining more sharply that brand. I think that that sort of time that one might invest in themselves will pay good dividends. That's great. 
And that is where we will end it. This wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour. I'm thanking you for listening. And of course, our guest today has been Gerald Mottman. He's a partner with Safar Shaw. And Gerald, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. If our listeners want to get more of your thoughts on this topic, is there any place they can go and, and check out your, what you've written or, or things that you've sure. done uh, so they can learn more? Probably the best place to go would be a workplace class action blog. I'm the uh, editor of the blog and have daily thought leadership postings on there about all things uh, class actions and employment law. Fantastic. Jerry, thank you once again. Thank you. And this is Christopher T. Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thank you for joining us. We'll speak again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.